Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing something a little bit different this afternoon uh, than what I typically do in the studio, because I'm actually off-site in uh, the beautiful neighborhood of Rittenhouse Square, and I'm sitting down with Suzanne Roberts. Uh, Suzanne Roberts, who is um, an actress, a director, a producer, producer, and television host of her own program called Seeking Solutions with Suzanne. And uh, I'm thrilled to sit down with her today and, and learn a little bit more about her life story and some of the life lessons that she has to share with us at the age of 92. So, Suzanne, thank you so much for letting us come into your home today and, and talk to you about your life. Well, I'm very delighted to be with you. Thank you. Um, most of the time, my show starts out with a background story of my guests. And uh, I know that people in the Philadelphia area are very, very familiar with your accomplishments and all the wonderful things that you've done. And my goal today is really to get to who you are, um, who you were as a young woman, and what it has been that's allowed you to continue to pursue so many new ventures um, throughout your life. So if you could talk a little bit about your um, young years growing up in Philadelphia, your mom and dad and your family. Well, that's, that's rather interesting because what I have to say may be quite different from what you've usually uh, heard maybe from many of your other guests. Happy, wonderful beginnings. Uh, with their family. I can't say the same with m mine. Uh, I, um, I was the third of three children. Um, my mother was quite depressed after my birth, and I think she'd suffered from it even before. And during my childhood also, I don't know to what extent it was connected with with my birth, but I know that she was in a condition where she had to get someone else to take care of me. Okay. So I had a nurse from the time I was six months old until I was 16 years old. And I was really raised by her. Her name was Lily. Okay. Lily came from London. She was um, a widow from, uh, I guess, the First World War. And she brought her child with her, a young son, whom she raised in Philadelphia, and um, they, I think he lived with her aunt, 
So um, she lived with us, Lily. Mm -hmm. She was Germanic in her ways. She was dogmatic in what she was going to get and wanted of me. She was strictly in charge of me. I give you some examples. She said things like, you tell your mother I'm bleaching your hair at three years old and I'll kick the living SH out of you. Oh. This was a continuation when she used to sit out. <clears throat> I was born in Philadelphia. Right. And uh, she was to be in the house mm -hmm. when I was in a crib. Uh, in a crib up till you're two or two and a half. Mm -hmm. And she'd say she would sit out on the stump outside the house with one of her umpteen boyfriends and she'd say you tell your mother I wasn't in the house and I'll beat the living daylights out of you oh my goodness so I never ever told my mother any of these negative things oh like oh Lily's terrible to me right. and she scares me or she beats me or hits me whatever Lily was the first 16 years of my life, and I, I guess she got a, a kick out of punishment. I'm not sure. It's, it, I can't figure it out, except that the, it, I live by threats, and my mother died when I was 40. Or close to that and I never ever told her about Lily right because you wanted to protect her and not was it wanting well you know what was I going to gain to tell her the cruelties that this woman inflicted on me with threats if you tell your mother such and such, if you tell your mother that I bleached your hair at five years old, if you tell her that I forced her to take castor oil when she had a cold, if you told her that, you know, this, that, or the other, um, what good is it going to do? She's dying at that point. Let's say she was... Well, she was 80, and I guess I felt that the greatest thing I ever did in my life was not to have told my well, mother about yeah. Lily and, yeah. the, and the terrible time that I went through. And yet, a part of me not having the closeness of a mother, and my father died when I was seven, made me love Lily on one hand. You depended on her. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it happened through the years, even when I was to have my first date. You know, that your first date is your prom at school. And I had invited the boy that I had a crush on, you know. Yeah. And I was so excited because he would never ask me out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask him. Yes. <laughs> and so um, I asked him, and she came to school to pick me up one day. She drove, and she came into the school, and the librarian told her I was five minutes late for, for library class, whatever the heck that was at that time. <laughs> and um, she made me break the date and not go. To me, that was, I can't tell you how horrible that was. Yet... She allowed me to lie to him about why I was breaking the date. 
I was allowed to tell her I had to go out of town for my brother's graduation from Mercersburg Academy where he was going. I was no more going to Mercersburg Academy, you know. Right. So that is a few examples of the kind of childhood I had. Yeah. Now, how old were you when she uh, was not at, yes, when she left and was out of your life? Seventeen. Seventeen. And the reason she left is she ran off with a man and my mother said to her, don't go off because he's no good. He was somebody's chauffeur. And my mother knew enough to warn her not to go. But she did, and she took all her money, and he stole it on the honeymoon. Wow. She came back, and she said, I, this is the way I remember it, I don't know that I'm right on this, that she said, I can't come back because I didn't do what you told me to do. So she went to work for my aunt. My mother arranged that. Okay. As a maid. Mm hmm That, to me, was a horror, to see her dressed as a maid, because that was much lower. She ran our house. Wow. You know. Yeah. Her. How did she... Um Come to I, be working I, I for the family. That's a good question. How did my mother get her? Right. Maybe through an agency? I don't know how you got help in those days. Yeah. I would think it was through some agency or a friend who had an English person who had a sister or a friend and Lily got the job. Yeah. But I don't know more than that. I know that her son grew up, he was a weak sort of person, handsome, married somebody else's help who was adorable, lovely little girl. I was the um, flower girl yes, yes. at that wedding. Yes. Okay. Now, so obviously that, that had a big influence on you, those first 17 years with this woman who um, you know, it's conflicting to have someone who's taking care of you and you're dependent upon them, but yet you don't feel that she was treating you um, as best she should. Right. So after she left and you went on to school, tell me what your aspirations were as a young girl. What was it that your interests were when you were in high school? I think I've, I've pretty much always been a person who wanted to be the best. When I was 16, I swam. And I mean, I swam on a big team, a very important Philadelphia team. What school, what high school did you go to? I went to the same school from kindergarten through 12th grade. It was a private school, mm -hmm. Oak Lane Country Day School. Yes, okay. And I left um, school after, we got out at 4 o'clock. I took the subway into Philadelphia. You can't compare it. To what it was it when I was a child it was much safer right to go with day or night mm -hmm. and I would go in town and go to the uh, club that I was a part of as a swimmer uh, it wasn't a club it was a I don't it was a place that was a team right right and these people many of them became Olympian swimmers. It was a top. Philadelphia had two clubs of that were had top-notch swimmers wow. that went on. Well, I got as far as becoming a Middle Atlantic States breaststroke champion. Wow! For the hundred yard, that's the first thing that had me stand out. I was a, known as a pot. P.O.T. during that? school. What is I wasn't popular. I had bad skin. Um, I did not have good marks. I had to succeed somehow. 
look at that childhood was nothing but a downer. Yeah. But you were determined to do something worthwhile with your life. Yeah, and somehow I wanted to beat out my mother. Don't ask me why, because I'd have to sit for days and try to figure that. Right, right. But my mother remarried. She married her deceased sister's husband. Now figure in your own family if you have a sister, let's say, and her husband died, and your husband died. Remember, my father died when I was seven. And my uncle took out my mother some years, two, three years later, and five years later, they married. Wow. So my cousins were also my stepbrothers and sisters. Okay. And I was crazy about him. He was so kind. Okay, so that was a good that's a good memory for you. Yes. Okay. Okay. But he was, in my opinion, much brighter than my mother. So I always tried to live up to his standards. I tried to beat out my mother. Hmm. I don't have a very <laughs> lovely history to it. Hey, we all have a story, right? Yeah. We all start somewhere. Right. We're actually going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be here at Women to Watch again with Suzanne Roberts, actress, director, producer, and television host from Philadelphia. We'll be right back. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the mutual fund store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit mutualfundstore.com or call the mutual fund store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. The Women's Professional Network of Villanova University sponsors and supports programming for all Villanova women in order to encourage professional growth and development. The purpose is to connect women from all five colleges to educate and ignite change thrilled to have this organization to foster creative collaboration with women across all industries. For more information or to offer ideas and suggestions, please contact them at WPN at Villanova.edu or visit their website at Villanova.edu slash WPN. Go Nova! Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. 
Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. We're back here um, with Women to Watch. Again, my name is Sue Rocco, and I'm sitting down with the wonderful Suzanne Roberts, who has graciously welcomed me into her home this afternoon so that we can talk about her life and her accomplishments and hopefully take some wonderful lessons from her. Just before the break, I was speaking with Suzanne about the topic of resilience, because I believe, looking uh, back at Suzanne's career and all the things that she has done and is continuing to do um, at the age of 92, requires a lot of resilience. And I wanted to know from Suzanne whether she believes that was something she was born with, whether it was something that developed out of her childhood, or whether it was a combination of both. What do you think, Suzanne? It's a very interesting question. It's not so easy to answer. Um, I was sitting here for that few moments and wondering to what extent did I want to prove to my mother that I was something. I can think I've always been interested in the theater as an actress. I went after college I went to New York and studied acting and directing. Mm -hmm. And I was at school with a number of well-known actresses of the time. So I won't waste your time telling you because you wouldn't even know who they are. (laughs) But um, I remember being in a number of plays and always trying to get my mother there to see me. That was the most important thing, is that she'd be there. Lily was out of my life by then. Mm -hmm. She got herself involved with another man and ended up in uh, waiting on tables in a um, bar or someplace like that, way outside of Philadelphia. Okay. And I remember my mother coming to see me, and she'd say after the play, a couple of them, why do they make you look like your grandmother? They pull your hair back, and you're you're not at all attractive. Um, Why do they give you these roles? Why don't they let you be pretty? So I would say, Mother, I'm not the pretty type. I'm too tall to play the ingenue. I have to play character roles, and they're really more rewarding because they require you to call on more different parts of your personality. Well, I I never got positive responses out of her until I did Shakespeare. I did The Taming of the Shrew. Yes. Kate. Looking lovely, you know. I had a special hairdresser for it. Um, And um, it was Shakespeare, you know, that that made you somebody. Right. So she came to it, and it was the last place she saw me in before she died. And she said, you know, you really are talented. Yeah. you, you really do have a talent. Well, of course, in due time, I realized that it was because it was Shakespeare, it was because I looked my best. Right. And not like my grandmother, as she, my father's mother, <laughs> as my mother thought of her. So I felt I'd won her. Yeah, over. you felt she and was I, proud yeah, for the first and time. And in all the other plays I had her at, it's true, I did play character roles. Right. But they were wonderful roles. With more depth. Yes. Yes. So I, I'm not sure that it isn't that 
a lot of it is, was proof, proving. Proving, yes. Proving myself to, to people. Right. To my, maybe to my mother, basically, but that I had to be good. Right. I remember at one point I thought I wanted to be a dancer before an actress. <laughs> so I went to camp in the summer out in Colorado where I studied with Doris Humphrey. If anybody listens to your program who was, is in, was into dance, they would know the name Doris Humphrey. She was like a Martha Graham of the time. Okay. I was so excited to be there and I put myself on the first row. Well, by the end of the summer, I was last in the back row. <laughs> and that's the way I knew I was not made for dance. You tried. I tried. You know, that's something interesting to me, reading your bio, is all of the different things you have tried. Yes. I mean, I don't know that I can think of something that you haven't tried. <laughs> and I had a friend, and I say a friend, she was half a friend and half not so friendly. She'd say, I'd say, oh, I've got the greatest job. She says, oh, yes, and what is it now? <laughs> what you know. hat are you wearing yeah. today? Yes. Yes. So it really wasn't until I became involved in this television show yeah. that every part of me is involved. Yeah. Well, let me first tell you how the show came about. I was acting all over the place. I was doing a great deal of acting. By this time, I had five children, and um, book acting was local by then, you know, okay. various theaters in, in and around Philadelphia. And how old were you at this point? In your 60s, well, or? Well, all my life I have acted in right. plays. Uh, at this point, I was probably late 70s. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I'm skipping a lot. I mean, yeah, I've gone I back know. to college. Right. I got a master's in my 60s. Right. Early 60s. And your master's was in? My master's was in psychology. Psychology, okay. And I utilized that. I dropped out of the theater and whatnot because I became involved in uh, working with... with gosh. On the Navajo? Yes. Uh, yeah, the Navajo Went Reservation. On the Navajo Reservation. Yes, yes. And I worked, uh, as a therapist, I was supposed to work with alcoholics because there are many of them out there. But the program, for some reason, was called off, and I was then put into the hospital, the first hospital for the American for the psychiatric ward for the American Indian. Okay. And uh, it was new. It was the psychiatrist came from the um, mostly the East and had no concept of what it's like to work with such hostile people as the American Indians were toward us. And I utilized a lot from intuition. Yeah, I wondered what actually drew you to that work um, with the Navajo Reservation. What is there anything that you know of in your background, in your family background, that drew you to that culture? Or was it just something that you think happened by fate? Well, I think I inherited maybe something from my father 
whose avocational interests steered him to working with prisoners in the prison field. Right. <clears throat> he became head of the Eastern State Penitentiary, and he's responsible for Greaterford having been built. He got the governor to put up the funds for it because he was so disgusted with what he witnessed at the Eastern State Penitentiary. And uh, I think I inherited that feeling for the lesser person. Mm -hmm. And maybe because I'd been the lesser person in my own life, childhood, I was drawn to that. Yeah. And so it was my idea to suggest to my husband that we go see where we could fit in with a left and expose our children right. to a, a culture that they would not otherwise have any knowledge of. Right. And we were accepted by the Navajos. We applied all over the place as volunteers, you understand. Right. And the children were in anywhere from 8 to 18. Okay. And my job was I had been working in, as a volunteer. After the war, I worked with something called Plays for Living, okay. my acting. I worked at, on doing plays on alcoholism. I don't drink. I never drank. I never liked it. That's your so secret. The, yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's your secret for longevity right there. Yeah. No, my my son says it, do you li it's because you like iced tea. Iced tea. Okay. Uh. <laughs> but you made a very purposeful decision then to volunteer somewhere, yeah. and you wanted a lesson for your children, and, and, and it led you to this this Navajo reservation, is that right? Well, I, I did all this stuff, you see, for this acting group. Right. I, did, I played an alcoholic. I played it off and on for 22 years in every kind of place. Banks, industrial places where they turned the sound off while we did our 20-minute show. Every show and racism. Did a show, I played five different kinds of racists. Red Cross. I did a show for them, getting people to give money, give uh, blood to the Red Cross. Right, right. And the things I did in that organization were tremendously successful, especially getting blood for the Red Cross, getting people to sign up. Right, which and today they have organizations and, doing right. that, but you were right. really ahead of your time to be doing that yeah. back then, yes. And these plays were 20 minutes long and written by top-notch people, people who knew about these various ailments. Right. And. Uh, some of them I did from on top of a truck, an open, you know, an open truck on the street where people were invited to come and see these shows. Wow. Are these archived anywhere that do you know? I think there still is a place for living. I know the woman who ran it. She was the wife of a rabbi. She still lives, and she could tell you about all these shows. And I played in Washington, I played in Philadelphia, I played in Boston, mm -hmm. at universities, I played in Philly. Right. What yeah. I'd love to do is get into how you came to launch the show. Right. Right okay. after we take uh, one more quick right. break. So I was acting a great deal in shows. And then I found, oh my God, what's the next line? Oh, I don't remember it. And 
am I going to blow it on stage and everybody know that I went dead? And I thought, at the end of this show, I'm quitting acting. And that's exactly what I did. And what I had the nerve not to read for another, because I, another show, I would maybe not be able to remember the line. Right, right. And there are a lot of people in the theater who are loath to give it up. Yeah. And they take that chance and they have to have something inserted in their ears so somebody can tell them what their next line is. I didn't want to get into yeah. that. You knew it was time. I knew it, it was, was time. time. Right. So here I am, and I've been a woman who always was involved. Right. Now I'm not involved. I've given up the acting. So I watch television to see what there was on television. There was nothing, but nothing for people over 40 or 45. Right, for seniors. Yes, yes. nothing. And so I decided to sit down and dream up a program that would be appealing to people over 45 or 50. Right. I never thought about 70, 80, 90. <laughs> no, that was beyond my thought. That's too far thought. out, right. right. So that really, I came up with the, this idea of many, many different programs because by that time, I was in my 70s when I started dreaming it up. And I thought of all the things during my life that I would like to have known about, or did learn about. And it was easy for me to think up 60 different subject matters to be on a show that I thought would be of interest. To your, to your peers, really, or, or what was the age range that you wanted to reach? 45 up. 45 up, yeah. okay. And for the listeners, so that they know, this was, um, you launched the show at the age of 80? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how did that... 80 or 79. Okay. That year, yeah. sometime. Yeah. Um, that's unbelievable. Um, you know, people talk a lot about reinventing themselves yeah. and don't ever stop living. Um, you are an example of someone who literally did that and is continuing to do that. I think that's remarkable. Well, I'm, I'm lucky. There's a lot of luck in this. Number one, it was a time in my life when my husband became head of a cable company. Right. I never told him that I was sitting and working up a program of my own. But when I got it up to 60 shows, I wrote an opening and I said, there is a dearth of programming for people over 45. This program is geared for them. And I showed it to him. <clears throat> And he said, you know, I think there's something to this. It sounds good to me. And he was a little older than I was. So he said, well, I'll introduce you to the people of my company, which was Comcast. Comcast, yes. The beginning of it. And if they feel they have the... Uh, funding to put into it out of their allocation, okay, but I'm not going to play any part because I don't want them to feel that they have to do it Yeah. because of right. who you are. Who you are, right. And they did like it. They loved it because it was something that wasn't there. On, it wasn't being done. On, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you take an Oprah, Oprah was appealing to young people, people in their 30s, people in their 20s. And then maybe she got a little to a little older as time went on, but never up into the bracket that I was. 
right. involved with. Right. That's how it started. And I worked for two years with an independent uh, um, director. And uh, then she left her position and I was introduced to uh, the people that Comcast was interested in introducing me to. So you're conti do you go out every day and tape the show? How no. How many days a week? It isn't really that way. It's during certain months okay. we shoot heavily. Right. Like February is my biggest month because we rent a huge studio. We don't have to keep changing the set right. from one day to the next, which would make the program exceedingly expensive right. to run. Right. Because there's 15 people minimum at each show can, to put it on. Right. You've got the, you know, not only the cameramen, but the people who move the cameras, the people who set up the equipment, the people who are the uh, makeup people, the um, um, hair people, the um, backstage people, always for the lighting and the right. cameras. Right. Um, and the man who's in charge of, well, you'd call him the, the set designer. Right, right. Uh, who is responsible for all the equipment. Yeah, even needed. the simplest of yes, sets needs fruit, a lot of work. The, the uh, flowers, fresh flowers, um, plants, um, and everything for that particular show that you're doing. Right. So there's a minimum of 15 people connected with the sh each show mm -hmm. that get, these are all paid people. Right. I have never made one penny from my shows because, now this is an interesting point, but it requires my going back. I had a job after the war of being working as the assistant to the person who was doing the public relations for the United Fund. Yes. And I got $50 a week. And I get my first check. And I show it with great glee to my mother. And my mother said, you return that. You don't need that money. You don't need to make money. You need to give. Oh. And I never accepted a penny after that. Oh. I, I, put, I uh, didn't return the check. I put it on the wall. You, know, you I framed, framed it. it. Right. <laughs> but I never have made anything. And yeah. anybody will tell you that. Yeah. No matter who you ask. Yeah. And I have a son who now runs um, Comcast, right. and he's scared to death of the government. And he says, you know, I, can't, I don't want to be involved in your show. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. Right. I don't want you to be another whole... What's her name? Helmsley, Leona oh, Helmsley, oh boy. and 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 have a problem that you have to go to court. I said I'd be happy to go to court. I'd never made a nickel, you know. You couldn't. It couldn't be yeah. any more ethical, yeah. right? Yes, that's right. That's right. He There's said, nothing no, to research. I don't want to be blamed of nepotism. That's right. You know, he's scared to death. <laughs> Um, he said, people tell me it's great and all that, and I believe it is great, yeah. but uh, um, until the government steps in and says, what are you doing with your mother on the show? Right, right. Well, he's right. You, you know, you have to be careful. You have yes, to do everything right, by the book. So right. that's, it, that's good that yeah. we're verifying that on, on tape here. We're actually going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be here at Women to Watch again with Suzanne Roberts, actress, director, producer, and television host from Philadelphia. We'll be right back. 
It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. The Women's Professional Network of Villanova University sponsors and supports programming for all Villanova women in order to encourage professional growth and development. The purpose is to connect women from all five colleges to educate and ignite change. They are thrilled to have this organization to foster creative collaboration with women across all industries. For more information or to offer ideas and suggestions, please contact them at wpn at villanova.edu or visit their website at villanova.edu slash wpn. Go Nova! Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest-growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484 484- 530-2806 or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. We're back here um, with Women to Watch. Again, my name is Sue Rocco, and I'm sitting down with the wonderful Suzanne Roberts, who has graciously welcomed me into her home this afternoon so that we can talk about her life and her accomplishments and hopefully take some wonderful lessons from her. We only have a few minutes left, and I didn't even scratch the surface, but I wanted to ask you, um, a lot of my listeners are women um, who are contemplating starting something new in their life. And I would love for you to to give some advice to them, uh, especially the women that, um, you know, they don't have that belief in themselves that they can do something or that they say it's too late, which we both know it is not. Um, What advice would you give them to to get out there and try something new? I think the most important thing I could say is as you get older, your children have grown, if you've had children, like I've had quite a few, and they go off into their own worlds, right. and they have their own families, and up to a point, as a grandparent, you're involved. But that's not enough. Right. 
they're not your children. Right. They don't so need they're you fun for all you that time. Right. for on occasion. But you need something that gives you satisfaction. And I think it's important to look for what what moves what in your life earlier. Maybe you played the piano and you enjoyed it. Maybe you want to take piano again and teach it to children. Or if you think there are so many places, if you're interested in animals, God knows they need workers. Yes. Um, well, you know, I've thought about, you know, suppose something happens and I can't do this show. I don't have to sit here and try and dream what, but just something. Uh -huh. um, and I thought, well, what would I do? And I thought, well, I remember one of my many shows. There were clowns on it. Women who went around in hospitals to visit patients and dressed as clowns. They enjoyed dressing as clowns. And they'd sit and, you know, talk to the people. It's just being a, a visitor. Yes. And I thought, I'd enjoy that. You would? Yeah. I, I think I'd get a kick out of it. And at the same time, I would feel I was doing a little something for right. someone else. I think it's important to, to think, what can I do for someone else right. that I've had or or that I have that I can give them? Right. What can I offer? Yes. What can I offer? And. You know, it could be, oh, I'm wonderful at tying scarves. Well, I'm not, but I've had people on the show, and I thought, golly, I wish I could tie scarves that way, and that my mind would work that way. Right. Well, I could learn if I was needful, and I could go into a hospital or um, some kind of an environment and show how you can take scarves and wear them different ways, and and it it it, it could show people something they don't know. It's a little simple thing, it's, right? It, it could it be is those little things yeah. that, that matter. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned before cooking. Mm -hmm. My goodness, how many people are good at a certain type of thing? Right. Or yes, I know. Reading can be a lot of fun. Reading is self though, yeah, joy, but, not know, necessarily for someone else. Reading clubs are um, scary for a lot of people. They think, oh my God, I don't want to have to read a book that I may not even understand half about it. But suppose somebody started children's books reading, reading them and talk about that. Why do you think a kid would like this kind of a book? Maybe you have a little writing club. Yeah, right. You never thought of it before. Yeah. So it's sitting and thinking, what are the things that I've enjoyed right. through my years? And maybe... I can pass it on to kids, right. maybe I can pass it on to other adults, maybe I can think of a way of joining a group. Right. There's many, I, many ideas. Yeah, yeah, I guess if we sat around and just talked about that. Right. That might be a good idea, yeah. too. Well, maybe we'll do that next yeah. time, because yeah. I feel that, you know, only having a few minutes left. Um, there were many topics that I wanted to talk to you about because, again, I feel that, you know, you've you've done so many things in your lifetime and you're not done yet. And I think that's really inspiring yeah. um, for women in particular because that's yeah. what my show is about. Yes. Um, I don't want women to ever feel that they don't have a purpose yeah. because they do. Yeah. And it might change over time. You know, we all don't have one purpose. You know, like you said, you never know what's going to happen, and maybe Well, one let me ask you about you. Um, how did you happen to get into this? Well, I can give you the short version. Yeah. I, I 
I literally went into a, a radio station in my area and told them I had an idea for a show. And I didn't have any experience or background in radio. And I was surprised when they said, okay, run with it. So then I had to come up with something, and, and here I am, a year and a half later. Yeah. So it, it is never too late, and, and we talk about that all the time. But I think um, you have to have the belief in yourself yeah. that you can do it and not look to others for that. Right. Right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. So I, I thank you so much for letting us come and talk to you well, today. We did not know each other, no. and you were gracious enough to, to let us come in. My daughter yeah. happens to be here with me today. Yeah. And, she's uh, your photographer. She's my photographer. She is. Yeah. And um, I, I'm very appreciative. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Right. Thank you so much for asking me. And that's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. Again, my name is Sue Rocco. And if if you have any questions for me or any of my guests, please feel free to give me a call at 215-313-5561. Thanks, everyone, and make it a great week. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, -face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. The Women's Professional Network of Villanova University sponsors and supports programming for all Villanova women in order to encourage professional growth and development. The purpose is to connect women from all five colleges to educate and ignite change. They are thrilled to have this organization to foster creative collaboration with women across all industries. For more information or to offer ideas and suggestions, please contact them at wpn at villanova.edu or visit their website at villanova.edu slash wpn. Go Nova! Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806. Or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, F-I-N-R-A, S-I-P-C.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.